This episode today is brought to you by Grinding Coffee Co. Grinding Coffee, a black LGBTQ-owned coffee business that donates a portion of every sale to charity. Coffee is imported from around the world and they pride themselves on great customer service for a small team. Use promo code PITLANEPARLAY for 13% off your order. Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Jokum. Mick Bridge and Matthew join me. We have some IndyCar news and stuff to get to. Probably not too long of an episode this week, but first we did want to say our condolences to the Unser family on the passing of Al Unser Sr. Always love the epic story of when he won his fourth Indy 500 in 1987 so yeah i just want to say that and uh, if you guys have any words to add i'll i'll turn it over to you and then matt can dive into everything he's a legend and he's gonna be missed it's obviously a sad day when you lose another legend like alan or senior so think of the answer family it's been a tough year for him uh but yeah we can jump into some other news that we got my co-host laughing about beans before the podcast and pre-recording so that was great <laughs> Shannon was trying not to laugh the entire time host is doing the welcome to another episode. The whole time. <laughs> I I have learned, listen, since we always start with a non-racing topic, I have learned a lot about memes that I don't quite understand pre-recording. Like, like what's an example of one? I can't actually say the phrase because I'll have to edit myself out. Yep, yep, that one. Beans in the whip. I just, Beans in I the don't. Whip. I don't. I don't get it. I don't get it. Why is it funny? <laughs> yeah, it's like I, I don't. Mean, like, it doesn't I'm make any laughing, sense. I'm laughing, but I'm laughing because I feel so dumb about it. Yeah, I feel but like I I'm think like it worked. <laughs> I've lost like, brain. I see, ce- I've lost brain cells thanks to McCoy, but you know what? It's okay. I I do love Jeff. <laughs> uh, wait, wait, it's not really Jeff. No, <laughs> no, it's not. That's the funny. Wait, Hick, Hickey, did you, did you ever hear the story? So the first weekend, Shannon helped me out when we were in Nashville, and we we just happened to bump into Christian and McCoy, and I introduced them as Jeff and Jeff, and didn't think twice of it. And then the end of the weekend, Shannon's on her way back to Indy, and she sends a screenshot. I think it was Christian followed her on Twitter, and she's like isn't this Jeff? And I was like, <laughs> oh, I totally forgot to tell you his name wasn't actually Jeff. And I was talking to them. like Multiple times. Nice to meet you, Jeff. <laughs> no one said anything to me. You know, that probably made their day is the fact that she wasn't giving off any iota that she was kidding. And it probably made their days that much better. You probably made their day. And, like, and I'm not being smart. I see it. Like, I genuinely thought I would think they were got like giddy inside that they were being called Jeff in like a serious <laughs> manner versus I'm just like a jackass when I call him Jeff. I honestly, I probably will always call them Jeff. <laughs> Love it. Coming to a race. Because you only get one shot at giving me your name before I forget what your actual name is. So now, now it's Jeff forever. Jeff, Jeff forever. <laughs> I mean, you're, Mc, you're McBridge. You're literally McBridge on the recording now. I know. I know. All I right. Know. Well, fine. Jeff's coming to a track near you next year. We'll, we'll can't wait to meet up with them. All right. Well, the non-racing racing topic is 
in your everyday vehicle, what is your absolute number one biggest driving pet peeve done by others? Oh. Being on the road with me. <laughs> so you just want open roads forever. My biggest pet peeve is probably not using a turn signal on like a road. Like if I'm at a stop sign and they are turning and they don't use a turn signal so I could go with, you know, if they're turning and they don't, that's probably mine. Or like on a two lane road where they're turning like left into like a residential neighborhood and they don't bother to tell you that and they just expect you to yes. like read your mind. Yep. Yes. Hate that. Yes. Post. I always say something smart ass like, oh, I guess they don't make turn signals in that model. Every time. <laughs> I use a lot more expletives, which sometimes is not, all the time is not appreciated by my wife. I but... mean, surprisingly for that, I don't. Mm. It's the one thing in my life I don't cuss about. Well, it's because like you, you just cuss real quick and then like you forget about it. Unless it was something like really, really egregious. Uh, mine, mine would be people who drive more than 10 miles an hour below the speed limit, especially when the speed limit's only like 25 or 35 and you can't get around them. Must like, be an East Coast just, thing. Just, you know, you wouldn't think so because usually we're aggressive and we drive like assholes. But on these small town roads here, I, I think I was, was like last week I was trying to go to the gym, 25, and the guy's going 10 miles an hour. And it's a one lane road, so you can't pass him anywhere. That drives me nuts. Like, I don't, you don't have to speed. Just go to the speed limit. It's not that hard. Yeah, I, I definitely feel the turn signal one. Lack of awareness in the left lane. Hate that. <laughs> Uh, but I think my n- number one thing I hate is when people use entrance ramps to like an interstate or a main highway and they're like 20 under the speed limit by the time they're like getting over into the right lane. It's like, cause, and if you're like falling, I'm like, dude, you're putting us all in danger right now because everybody behind us is going like 70, 80 miles an hour and we're heading up to this thing yeah. at like 45 miles an hour. Like, you're going to get us killed. Uh, That's fair. I don't, That's a good one. I hate that. Well, it's also like unsafe, but. It's also just yeah. lack of awareness, lack of any understanding of driving. And as Jeremy Clarkson has said, those who those who are bad at driving, there's something along the lines of if you're bad at driving, <laughs> you just like have nothing going for you in life or something like that. He also says that We're people- We're going to need that real quote. <laughs> just, well, just, he also says- He says something about driving and being bad. Yeah. Well, he also good. says that- I don't know. If you have a bad car, you don't care about driving. And if they don't care about driving, they're going to make no effort to like get you from point A to point B safely. And they're just going to like run you off the road because why do they care? Who says these things? Jeremy Clarkson. Oh, oh Shannon. Oh, man. Shannon. Oh, no. Okay, well, in an effort let's, to not have... Yeah, let's get this going. Uh, let's just go go on with the All next right. news. Well, <laughs> just to throw this in Shannon's face, we'll start with Hinge. Uh, no. <laughs> Hinge released today, Tuesday, that he is stepping away from full-time action in the IndyCar series. It was kind of an expected announcement, but now it's as official as it'll ever be. Uh, but he's definitely got some racing on his calendar for 2022. So it's not like he will be away from IndyCar forever. So I would expect a month of May effort and probably Toronto at the very least. So what are your guys' reactions, favorite hinge memories, etc.? I mean, I'm sad. I know that he didn't do well and hasn't really performed as we expected after his accident. I know it's been a struggle, but god damn. He's just so damn likable. And he's really good for the series. And 
I think that we're, I think they're seriously going to miss him unless they put him in the booth full time, which would be fantastic. Um, I think that, I think that there will be a void there because he's a good personality to have around. So, um, but my, probably my, I mean, I have lots of favorite hinge things, but my most favorite ish maybe is in 2013. Um, I took my little tiny children to the Dan Weldon, um, carding Memorial carding event in Newcastle. Um, and Hinch was there and he met them and like picked them up out of their stroller and like took them around. And so like, that was their first race car experience with Hinch. How do you know? Oh, about I love that? it. I love that picture, by the way. I saw you post it. Today. I know. He was like, can I, and I was like, yeah, <laughs> can I pick up your tiny child, please? <laughs> Just to show her. I was like, sure, that's fine. Casual. <laughs> I would say, yeah, I mean, like you said, Matt, it was expected. It's it's still a bummer because he's such a good dude. And I, I do hope he gets a month of May or something in addition to TV and maybe some IMSA. It would be cool to see him in SRX. Like, I would definitely try to get to whatever track that was at if he, if he did SRX. But my favorite Hinchcliffe memory, let's go with the rain-delayed barber race that I was actually at where the whole peeing in the fire suit thing just was probably the funniest moment in a day that like I was cold and rain-soaked and exhausted in the tent of a media center at Barber. And uh, that always sticks in my mind as something funny that happened when I started covering the sport. Yeah, I mean, he definitely leaves a, a definitely like a, a cultural void of someone who's really upbeat, positive, likable, famous, um, so I hope he doesn't go too far cause he will be missed. Uh, I think my favorite memory was after the, the big Texas crash when the reporter was telling him what Chip Canassi had said. And he said, that's adorable. Uh, just, Oh, oh yeah, that. that's yes. all that's better than to me. That's better than saying F- you like just saying that's adorable. When TK came up on him and uh, a lotion was on the outside. Yeah, yeah. Which I'll go on record and say I don't think it was Hinch's fault at all. But so yeah, I thought that was my you know favorite Hinch moment. I think as far as an on track moment, his last lap pass at Sao Paulo will always be one of the greatest finishes to an IndyCar race ever. So yeah, we'll hope to see Hinch at a track many times next year. Uh, but the couple segue into this, and Shannon had mentioned it. So Paul Tracy is actually stepping away from the NBC booth for 2022, thus leaving a void that. Mr. Hinchcliffe may or may not be in the running for. Uh, so first thoughts on Tracy. Second, who would you like to see fill in for that position? I don't think I can have thoughts on Tracy on this podcast. And it'd be, uh, That's what we're here for. for. You're here for to listening share. ears. You have to share it would just your be opinion. a giant. It would just be a giant. It's going to be a giant bleep. Oh, well, that, that that gives context, though. Like, Hamilton had a giant bleep, and it said all you needed to know. Yeah, I mean, good riddance. I don't care what people say. Like, okay, so you were a race car driver at one point in your career over 10 years ago. The other bullshit that comes out of your mouth isn't worth it to me. And on that note, if um, if it's not Hinch, I think I'd like to see Dario. Oh, yeah, Dario's pretty good at Formula E. I've I've been watching a couple of YouTube videos lately and he's he's got really good insight. Yeah. 
I mean, and, you know, he still does driver coaching and all of that, so yeah. I don't know if he could do both, but he's still in the sport enough. Like, he's not so far removed that he doesn't understand the current car and the current conditions and, and all of the current drivers and how they drive and all of those things that I think are missing currently. Somebody who is still involved in those ways would be the best beneficial for us, I think. And for fans that don't know much. Just to name a name that Shannon didn't name, but I agree with either. <laughs> Jan Bikas would be another oh, fantastic yeah. candidate to put in. Thanks. But yeah, sorry. I, I had a feeling you were going to go with that one. So I kind of had to jump on it before, <laughs> before you had the opportunity. But yeah, I mean, I don't really have much to say about Paul Tracy that is professional. So I'll just say he wasn't very friendly when I was at the track and bumped into him a time or four, which is inevitable. So I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. And is it expected of me to be the not friendly one here? Or what's going on? You guys are both being Well, like, that's typically how this works. Go oh, ahead. I'm just the resident asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't open his mouth once on Twitter and then comes to the podcast and has to like carry You'll the- You'll never t- choose violence otherwise. So no, I'm making gotta, you do it now. Here's how, here's my thoughts on Paul Tracy. I definitely don't agree with many of his political views. I think he uses social media in a negative and toxic way. And I think, you know, again, like some of his decisions that he's made over the past several years are indefensible. Uh, personally speaking, he's never wronged me before. We He does follow me on Twitter. God only knows why. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm sorry for him, too, that he has to look at my tweets. It's usually just cursing about Matt Nagy, so I don't know why people are interested in that. You know, we've messaged a couple times. He's always been friendly to me and respectful to me, but I obviously understand why people don't like him and the baggage that comes with him. And as as far as an analyst, I did appreciate his insights at times. And I think his best quality was the fact that he vibed really well with Townsend Bell. Like, they were very good at, like, giving each other grief, but, like them being like cool thin all. And I just, you don't really see that nowadays in commentating where guys are just like ribbing each other about past racing experiences and things like that. Or the fact that Paul goes out and gets like 50 beers after a race and things like that. It's not like, (laughs) it's not like, you know, losing Paul Tracy is the end of the world for broadcasting. And I think it should be great. Dario would be great. Jan to me is on my Mount Rushmore of analysts. He has a gift and has been one of the most insightful people I've ever heard talk about racing. So uh, my vote would be for Young Beekus too, but I am going to go ahead and assume that probably won't happen, which is sad, but um, love me some Young Beekus. But Hinch would be pretty cool too. I don't know if, I'm pretty sure Dario's probably happy with where he's at in Formula E. Let's see, where should we go next? Well, let's talk about, um, let's talk about the Pato test. So Pato got his wish today granted to test for McLaren at the quote-unquote young driver's test. I don't know, Botas was there, so I'm sure he lit up the track and was Ooh. P1. Shannon, don't worry. When you listen to the F1 podcast on Friday, you'll hear plenty of nice things said about Botas. Can I say one nice thing about Botas? What? His helmet that he had today was pretty cool. All right, anyways. See? Resident asshole. I don't, don't, don't <laughs> like the guy. So, yeah, Pato tested today. I saw a screenshot Early on in the day, he was P1. I don't know how it shook it at the end or if that was the final result, but he definitely seemed to very much enjoy the experience. He was very 
thankful that his head didn't fall off, according to him, because the G-forces were crazy compared to what he's used to. And Will Buxton said that not only is Pato going to win the championship next year, but he wouldn't be surprised to see Pato in Formula 1 in 2023. How are we feeling about that take? Well, it's... I don't know if it's a hot take, but it's... I I don't know. McLaren has to shore up strategy and some pit stop issues that they've had occasionally over the last couple of years that have tended to hurt Pato on, on occasion, but it's not like a big hot take. It's definitely, I mean, I'm sure there will be plenty of fellow media people who will pick Pato to you know, be a championship contender this year. So it's possible, but F1 in 2023, I don't, I'm going to say no on that part. I think that um, just because I think the IndyCar is far different than F1 with regards to champions. Scott Dixon might be the exception to that rule, but I think that it's far too early to have him already be the champion, right? Like he'll be made very well, make a championship run. But I think that there are far too many people, Joseph Newgarden, just off the top of my head, who could also make a run at that and blow those championship dreams all to hell, right? So I think it's too early to say that about Pato. Um, however, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up in F1. Um, and earlier on Twitter, in fact, I proposed a trade. I will accept Daniel Ricardo in return for a Pato award. So, you know, if Zach Brown wants to call me, I'm happy to make that trade for him. <laughs> but um, we'll have because that would have to happen. You. What? We'll have McLaren call you. Yeah, thanks. I mean, they would have to have a seat for him, right? And I don't think Lando's going to come over. So Danny Rick's our best choice for that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. I also wouldn't be surprised if he just does it for a year just to see and come back, especially if he doesn't win a championship in IndyCar or a 500. Okay, now you can speak. I was just saying. <laughs> About three times, Matt lifted his head up, like, ready to talk. And then Shannon was like, or a 500. Or, or this. Or Long Beach. Or, or qualifying. Or anything. <laughs> yeah, I just don't see it happening. And to Shannon's point, it is kind of almost a requirement that if you're going to do good in the championship, you really need to do well at the Indy 500 which is one race out of 17 or 18 or whatever. So if Pato has an incident or mechanical failure or something happens to 500, his odds of him winning the championship are super low. So just to say, come out point blank and say, I agree. Anybody other than Dixon or Newgarden, and you're like, yeah, they're going to be the championship champion next year. I'm like, mm. I mean, even Pelo. I mean, there are a lot of things that went right for Pelo that definitely could go wrong next year. And I wouldn't say right now that he's the shoe in for champion or whatever. To me, it's always Dixon Newgarden, and then maybe someone else might sneak in and get one. So I don't think he's going to be champion next year by any stretch of the imagination that we can declare that on December 14th of this year. And then I also don't see him going to Formula One unless the seat opens up in McLaren. And trying to play that in my head right now, the only way I see that happening is if either Ricardo bombs or gets sick of Formula One. Or if someone like Lewis Hamilton retires and Lando goes to Mercedes. That's kind of the only... Because I don't think Lando's just going to leave for like Williams or something. 
So he's only going to leave his performance sucks, which I don't think is going to happen or unless there's a better seat that opens up for him to take. And I really don't see a, I mean, Ferrari would give their seat to Mick before they would give it to Lando Red Bull. One of the 18 Red Bull junior. Yeah. Or they're going to keep Perez forever. So and has got that Mexico money, so where are they going to, you know? Right, and then Lewis is getting, like, what did we decide today? He's 38, and with the rules changing next year, um, you just don't know. And he's kind of been on, you know, kind of signing one-year deals every year for the last couple of years. So just never know with Lewis if he's just going to call it quits one day. Can Lewis just come race with us? Oh God, that would be cool. <laughs> I'd love Highly to see him try unlikely, and... but uh, that would be cool. I'd like to Listen, see him try an Indy five hundred. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Let's have. Let's start the let's Lewis have to the five hundred campaign. A Kimmy, an Alonzo, and a Lewis in an Indy five hundred, all at the same time with Grosjean and Rossi. I think Kimmy should come over just for Carb Day. <laughs> he would love. I it. think Kimmy should come over for the third McLaren car. Well, I think he's going to take like three years off before he does anything. <laughs> or he's just going to do like leaves his house again. <laughs> yeah, he's going to do like finish rallying, I think, first before he does anything. All right. We got a couple driver announcements to and driver and team announcements to get to. So the first one is that Vassar Sullivan has officially parted ways with Dale Coyne Racing for the season. They are angling to do something this season, apparently. Uh, but the details of that are not commonly known right now. It is expected that HMD will do some sort of collaboration with Coin now in the wake of this announcement. So, do you guys have anything to say? I think Vassar Sullivan should focus on IMSA in the GTD Pro category that they entered this year and not worry about some sort of shoddy one-off attempt unless it's like at the 500 with like a you know, one of the bigger teams to add an extra entry or something, but like Foyt not like def- definitely not definitely the opposite direction I was going there, but I well played and yeah, it'd be cool to see HMD make the jump up and you know see what announcements they have in the in the coming weeks or so, and we'll we'll look forward to that. Yeah, I, I mean I don't have any love lost for it. It is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I hope they bump up to full-time next year. That'd be pretty cool. Sato has taken Roman Grosjean's seat at the Dale Coyne Racing with Rick Ware Racing Agajani and Marco Andretti seat, or whatever the hell they're calling it this week. <laughs> give that signing give that signing a grade out of F to A+. Plus. I think it's a solid A-. minus. Running should be simple. Just put on your shoes and go. And yet, when you try to learn about how to get better at it, especially as you age, you're confronted with conflicting advice, complicated workouts, and confusing nutrition trends that just won't work for you. On The Planted Runner, I'll share exactly how to run faster, longer, and feel great doing it at any age because you don't have time to waste. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and I went from not running at all in my late 30s to finishing a marathon in 2.58 at age 42, all on a plant-based diet. I've helped hundreds of runners achieve new personal records well into their 60s and even 70s with science-backed training, plant-based nutrition, and proven mental strength techniques. Each episode of The Planted Runner is like a private coaching session on the run where you'll learn from me and the guests I interview. You'll get actionable lessons to help you become a better runner every week. 
and reach goals that you never thought possible. Whether you're training for your first 5K or your 50th marathon, take along the planted runner on your next run. Let me show you how your best running is still ahead of you. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. I mean, what the hell will they do with Grosjean in that seat? I think that, I think it might. And if they pair him with a younger driver, uh, I think it could be beneficial. Well, I would give it a B minus. I think Sato's fine. I don't I don't know what kind of setup advice he brings to a team if if he can help a younger driver in that regard, but he will he will be able to provide experience and and you know that sort of, you know, race day and race prep pre- preparation for a young driver. So it's not the worst signing. I don't think it's the best, but I don't have an issue with it. Yeah, if we're if we talked at the end of the 2020 season, I probably would have said B plus. But given how his year went last year, and I don't was there any like one particular highlight where like wow, that was a really good, really cool, really good moment from Takuma Sato. I mean, I I couldn't no. Yeah, no. I I couldn't really name one. That would take a long a lot of thought for me. Yeah. To so you, you kind of just, but just in general, right? Like maybe he really did have something great happen, but I don't pay that much attention to him. Yeah, there could be something that I'm just not remembering right now. But anyways, just given the fact that his his 2021 season was less than spectacular and, you know, he's had a couple moments of typical Sado-ness that reflect poorly on him and then he goes like wins an Indy 500, so all is forgiven kind of thing. But I'd give it like a C plus. I think could have been better, could have been worse. I think Ryan Hunter-Ray would have been a better fit for that team in my opinion. But Do we we have an answer? that right no, i'm yeah i'm starting to feel like at best he'll be a 500 only type of entry right now i think we don't not best case for him would probably carpenter. be carpenter oh yeah yeah i forgot about it. ed sorry ed <laughs> ed if you're listening mike jokum has apologized half-heartedly and then dryer and reinbold has signed not only sage karen for another indy 500 but they've also signed santino ferrucci for the indy 500 is that the most unlikely team pairing combination you would have expected? 120% yes. Shannon sent me that last Thursday when I was walking around PRI, and I actually stopped walking because I was like, why are their faces next to each other in this tweet? And yeah, crazy. It's going to be fun. I'm just here to watch Sage Karam put Ferrucci in a headlock and take him down in some weird fucking wrestling move just <laughs> just in the middle of the garage that's all i want to see month of may a wrestling move in the middle of lane b give it to me that's what i want to see yeah i don't know about that one shannon's shannon's Why? choosing a lot of violence 
Why not? I think I I only know of Sage having a physical altercation with one driver, and it was Sato. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't mean as a physical altercation. I mean as like a wrestling match. Well, that would be the she most un- like- that'd be the most unfair wrestling match in the history of wrestling. That's her exactly. point. That's oh, like- she just wants to see <laughs> violence. Christ. She wants to see violence upon Santino. It's so sad. I just want to see a good wrestling match. It's not going to be well good in whose definition between like the, the two drivers that the are... biggest ass kicking of all time. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an interesting pairing because you have Sage Karam who has seemingly matured and you know on the track and off the track over the last handful of years, and we have Ferrucci who is still commenting stupid stuff on Instagram at least you know every couple months. That being said, at you know, looking at the 500 only, they probably, I don't want to like make a hot take early, but they're probably you know one of the one-off teams that could be pretty good because as much as Ferrucci says stupid shit, he's finished, what, he finished sixth or seventh last year, finished fourth once or twice or sixth, so... Karam had a very good 500 last year, 7th or 8th finished. 7th or 8th is where he finished, and that was his best 500 in a couple years. So while they are very (laughs) interesting off the track, on the track I think they could be in a very exciting duo. Um, Plus Sage got a lot of experience this year and a lot of different cars. So he's not not just doing that one-off. Like He has a couple years in the past where it was just the 500 that he was driving. Or hadn't driven up till the 500 and then maybe got a couple of rides after that. Um, so I think that his skill level is um, always evolving in that too. Um, I do think that on track, uh, I think that they'll be pretty exciting to watch. Maybe not necessarily with each other, but yeah. those two on the same team. And I mean, yeah, they both show well at the 500 and I'm partial to Dry and Reinbold, so... Um, <laughs> they are my employer, <laughs> so I hope they do well. Yeah, I think it's a, it's, I think it's a really good team combination, and I hope Chevy makes the gains they need to compete very well on qualifying weekend, so that you know they aren't just forced to scratch into like the you know ninth row or whatever. But uh, come race day, I think they would be a a formidable duo and have both done very well at the track. Speaking of Chevy. I just wanted to interject before you go on to the next answer. (laughs) I was afraid you were going to keep your head down and not look up before the next answer. So I just wanted to like wave at you incessantly. I was talking to somebody earlier today who mentioned that Chevy won't be doing too much in terms of engine tweaks and upgrades this year as they get ready for the 2023 engine. So I would imagine it's probably the same or similar for Honda too. So yeah, it makes sense. It's, it's too it's too one. early to like really tell if that makes a difference because you never. I mean, it's it's IMS in the month of May. Crazy shit happens every year, but yeah, I just thought I would add that in there. Yeah, with new engines coming, that makes sense. All right, um, Shannon, you want to get a a take in here about Alexander Rossi says he's downsizing <laughs> his schedule for 2022 to help maybe focus more on IndyCar. Good move, bad move, champion move. What do you think? Champion move. I, this is this is the Rossi Revenge Tour 2.0. God, you're so hateful. We love him. I, I do listen, love Rossi. I think that it's I think it's great for him to refocus and only focus on um, IndyCar, and that can't hurt. 
right? Like he knows how to drive race cars. So it's not like he needs the practice in anything else. So it can't hurt for him to focus on this and in hopes of becoming a championship contender. I do love Rossi. Just want to say that for record. I have not as much faith in the Andretti Autosport side of things to help him get where he needs to be. I've been very clear about that for the last You stole my episodes. answer like word for word on that one. Yeah, so I'm glad he's like, you know, doing what he can to control his right. own variables, but at the same time that he's gonna need his team to step up to and help out. I mean, we've talked about this for forever. I don't know what yeah it's the I, off season. Maybe they'll hire somebody. Good for good for Rossi. <laughs> I think it's the right move. I just hope the team also makes right moves. But real quick, before we continue on, we have a new sponsor for the next couple episodes, uh, BetterHelp. Uh, This is their first ad they've done with us. So uh, is something preventing you from achieving your goals or interfering with your happiness? Check out BetterHelp.com slash listener. You can get 10% off your first two months. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your unlicensed professional therapist connect you in a safe and private online environment. It's super convenient. You can do a video chat. You can do text chat or just a phone call. And you can start communicating with uh, in under 48 hours. Uh, they have tons of different licensed counselors for any area of uh, help that you need. And they have plenty of testimonials available on their website to check out as well. They are licensed in over 50 states. So again, go to betterhelp.com slash listener for 10% off your first two months. Who wants to do the Stream Evergreen shout out this week? Stream Evergreen shout out. <laughs> I don't have the words. Smooth segue. Um, we just nailed that. I don't know if there is a line. Isn't there a line? I just say Stream Evergreen. Yeah, I don't know. If, I, don't, I don't know if there is either. All right, well, I only had one more before I turned it over to you guys, if you guys had anything else. I just, uh, I don't know why I thought of this the other day. just thought I wanted to get this out there and just kind of ask you guys in a, in a hypothetical world or whatever, just get some get some opinions out there. But are you guys ever stopped and just were ever thankful for IndyCar race control at any point in your life? <laughs> oh, boy. Who would have, before this weekend, I would have been like, I don't know, this wasn't their best year. After this weekend, I'm pretty damn thankful. I... I'm so stressed out about <laughs> the happenings of the weekend. I am thankful for a rule book that is followed. It may not be the best rules and we may not agree with them and they might need to be rewritten at some point, but at least we follow the words in the book and pretty much everyone can expect the same treatment, even if it's shitty rules. Kind of comes back to NJ Fry we trust. He's really helped in that area and hired good people to shore up the rule book and enforce the rules when necessary, things like that. Yes, they have some inconsistencies here and there, but nothing like free we saw this weekend. Shannon, you'll I'll have you know that we did our we I did laugh uh, for about fifteen seconds after we recapped our champion predictions. I'm not saying that certain people picked uh, Max, but Mike and I picked Max. <sighs> So that was funny. Was it was it funny for you? That's yeah. great. That's that's fantastic. I'm getting my fu- What's funny is that <laughs> Lewis Hamilton is continuously trending on Twitter 
with no mention of Max Verstappen anywhere. Rent, so I don't know what that means for free. your championship, friends. <laughs> rent free on the users of social media, I guess. Especially as he hasn't, I don't think he's said anything publicly yet, has he? Not that I know of. Uh, the only thing, you mean who? Lewis, who is he? Like tweet, Lewis. Instagram. No. Nope. So he's still trending despite that. He also is getting knighted tomorrow, Wednesday. So yeah. it'll be knighted yeah. by the time congrats. To to this. So congrats to him. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, if you're looking for, if you're listening to this today, Thursday, and you're wanting me and host and Frenchie's thoughts on that, uh, check out the F1 episode that comes out tomorrow, Friday. We t- we definitely talk about it for a good 10, 15 minutes. Um, I swear. That's it? That's all you talked about? <laughs> There's only so much we can like beat a dead horse because we all pretty much said the same thing. Was- you know, the problem is we all, uh... we're all including you in agreement on what happened at the end there. So it's hard to go. I mean, you could talk in circles for an hour, but nobody wants to sit and listen to that. Yeah, an and I wanted Max to win, and even I was like, that's some bullshit. Yeah. Honestly, right? Like, when it came down to me, it wasn't about who won, because they both were very deserving to win uh, throughout the whole season, right? It was just the way it all went down. Yeah, I would I would expect the same thing. If the roles were reversed and Hamilton had ended up winning his eighth title because of that, I would expect Lewis fans to be like, nah, that's some bullshit. Josh Verstappen mm-hmm. would be running to the FIA headquarters in Paris right like as we speak to to get there and pound down the doors. I thought you're going to stop talking about him. Oh shit, I did say that. <laughs> I talked about Okay, him. I'm going to go to Helmut Marco. <laughs> Helmut Marco is going to run through the Oh yeah, of Paris. Red Bull's going to withdraw from the sport or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, I have something. This is sort of like a a, a pitfall and we haven't done a pitfall oh, in like God. most of this year. Maybe we should get back to them. I need to find the old pitfall jingle somewhere buried in my in my computer oh geez shannon shannon's never done a pitfall but so i'm just going to get your guys opinion on uh a nascar news event and something that was like <laughs> really really annoyed me i love shannon's face right now she is like what is about to happen so this just another reason why i'm thankful for indycar during the NASCAR clash at the LA Coliseum. There will be a 10 minute halftime type show with a yet to be announced artist that will be covered on Fox on top of the pre-race concert that Pitbull is performing. NASCAR may also get new USC coach Lincoln Riley involved on race day. Is this a race or is this like a A circus? Yes, a circus. That's a great way of putting it. It's just so frustrating that like the race fine. You have it in the stadium. I'll probably watch five minutes of it before I fall asleep, but now it's just a, a carnival circus. It's just annoying now. Why are they trying so hard? <laughs> I mean, if way. they could just get back to racing, you still have a giant fan base. You're just legitimately pissing them off with every fucking thing that you do. Every gimmick that you add, people are like, why are they doing this? Just race. You've got a new car coming out. Just race. It's not that hard. Have something for them to do, like in the fan zone or whatever. But like, you don't need. What are they going to stop the race in the middle? Yep. No. I, I. You're joking. No, that is actually what Adam Stern came out and said on on the Twitter, like on two hours Twitter. ago. <laughs> as you as as you guys can tell. <laughs> 
both of my co-hosts are speechless. I could just give a shit about NASCAR. I don't devote yeah. the brain capacity to giving a shit to see because it's it was hard to keep up with like five years ago. I mean, okay, so like it's not about me giving a shit, right? But it is about me saying like, if you don't like all of these gimmicks, welcome to IndyCar because here we have racing and that's all we're interested in is racing. We don't have to have gimmicks to make people come and watch us because we're entertaining and we're competitive. I don't blame NASCAR fans for coming to us and they're just going to continue to lose them doing stupid shit like that yeah shannon welcome to your first pitfall you get to pick the topic <laughs> and rant about it for a couple minutes is that what just happened <laughs> that is what just happened i we used to have a pitfall jingle that was like really fun but it died on my old soundboard so i have to oh. have also to can i can somewhere. i say one thing i hope Maybe. No, you already gave your chance well, well this is my 45 minutes of violence a week that i get to just use i hope auto racing one doesn't get a single click for the rest of the f-ing year <sighs> that's all I gotta say about that. Edit that out. <laughs> no, that's a terrible growl. That... <laughs> you want to redo your growl? <laughs> <laughs> no, they are the war- they are infuriating, infuriating. However, there's a couple other blogs that we see on an hourly basis who are equally as infuriating. But those people. <laughs> God, I'm so mad. Did, did either of you guys listen to the way Rossi? Okay, so you, Matt, yeah. did you listen to Rossi on off track? Kind of. I have a. Oh, I thought they just like took the winner off. I haven't been getting notifications that their episodes have been coming out. Oh, damn it! Oh, uh, I got yeah, some work most to, weeks. I got some work to do. Oh, I'm like two, they're doing weekly episodes. Oh shit! I'm like two months behind then. I haven't been getting any any podcast notifications on my apps. Damn it! Rossi said he wanted to do weekly and so Hinch and Thim were like fine we'll do it until you don't and he was like well I'm gonna do it now <laughs> so they've been doing weekly yeah he called the bluff I mean props to him for calling the bluff I will say my favorite part about that article is all of the people coming to the defense of Rossi like literally everybody everyone coming to the defense of Rossi and it's nobody like, fan or media took that article side and and you're talking there was even like NHL, NHL players who were like bro we don't know much <laughs> but we know that this is garbage <laughs> so that was nice to see is that I mean yeah that's fair I'd rather just not see it at all right but to know that you have so many people behind you when you see bullshit like that and they call it out I don't know I kind of enjoy that yeah good one Matt, nice Good late edition. Yeah, Good and the last one before I we sorry, oh. I just found one more. I was trying to find the tweet. Apparently, Roster Penske at PRI said something like he asked or someone asked him what his thoughts about the next gen NASCAR were, and he said, "I wish I could tell you." Yeah, <laughs> sorry, I can't get over the fact you said Roster Penske by mistake. <laughs> did I? Yeah, you so did. I was like. I, if I, like, I was trying to hold it together, but I saw Shannon laughing and I couldn't hold it together. Maybe it's his alter ego. Maybe I just invented something right there. <laughs> Apparently he's not a fan of the next-gen NASCAR, though. I mean, he Is anybody? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I, that was news to me, but I guess I didn't realize there was, is there, like, widespread hate for the new NASCAR? I know a couple drivers have some concerns. Hmm. It's the horsepower. There's not going to have very much. They're not, I think. But they're still testing it, and from the way it sounds, that... They're not dead set on the way everything is set up right now, and they're going to make some changes. So I think it's a little early. Sounds like you guys should However, do a NASCAR, like, NASCAR podcast next year. 
Nope, nope. We we, we tried that once. I feel like that was and... tried once. <laughs> yep. How that work? We all know how that ended. Well, I'm here well, now. So. Yep. <laughs> things things happened. We got here. Mistakes were 20... made. All right. Mistakes well, wherever Rother Penske is, I hope he's having a good one. <laughs> it's been a wild 2021, hasn't it? Yeah. Are we even doing an episode before the end of the year? Yeah. We're going to do like seven episodes. Of, we're going to be a daily podcast for the rest of the year. I'm, by the way, not serious about no, that. No, we're not. No, we're not. We're not. not. Peace out. Have fun I, listening to host Mike talk to himself. I do that all day anyway. <laughs> well, on that note, guys, thank you again for listening. Be back next week. Uh, we'll also have a Lost Tracks with Frank Santoroski next week and maybe the week after. So we get some different content out here before. The year ends. I don't have anything else. So everybody have a lovely weekend. Bye. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato and this is Pit Pass F1, a brand new podcast that'll take you closer to the action of the world's most prestigious motorsport. From Monaco to Miami and Australia to Azerbaijan, Pit Pass F1 is on the ground and has you covered. Esteemed F1 journalists Julianne Serasoli and Chris Medland will take you inside the sport every round. They'll keep you up to date with the latest news breaking in Formula One and the most influential views shaping the world of Grand Prix racing. Every Friday, we'll be bringing you a track guide and race preview, and Chris and Drew will be in your feed every morning from Saturday through to Monday to keep you up to date on all the day's action on and off the track. So if you want to be in the know on the latest in Formula One, subscribe wherever you get your favourite podcasts and visit us at evergreenpodcasts.com. Pit Pass F1, a brand new show for Evergreen Podcasts.